Hello, Collateral Gaming listeners. Chazzle Dazzle here from the Trial by Air Variety Show podcast. I just wanted to take a few seconds to invite you guys over to what we do. No, it's not video games, but we do invite really awesome and unique bands from all over the world. We dig deep into their souls and find really cool stories to tell you, and there's tons of music every week, so subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcast. We look forward to having you. I'm Ashley Chancellor. And I'm Megan Gomez. This is Collateral Gaming. And welcome back to Collateral Gaming Podcast, the only gaming podcast that matters. Uh, we are streaming from somewhere in South Central Texas, and yes, friends, we are 420 friendly. And uh, apparently, we're we're not all going to be podcasting from South Texas anymore, and not even the majority of us come. I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's a small announcement I have to make, guys. I am leaving Texas. I am moving to the Peach State, um, and that that will be interesting. Um, also, before we kick off the podcast, um, this is going to get a little hot and heavy, so I just wanted to warn you guys about that. In um, this episode, it does talk a lot about mental health. Um, and speaking of mental health, um, Ash and I, before we got into the podcast, just wanted to say um, the town of Evaldi is not very far from us, and it is um, it is a very deep tragedy. We are so sorry for the families and, and all of the people involved, and we you know, want to offer our love and support in any way that we can. Um, and, you know, that's it's very close to home. It's it's right in the state of Texas, and it's not far from where we live. And that's something that's very, very tragic. And we did want to um, acknowledge the situation, um, you know, because that's, that's something that can happen to anybody. You know, Ash and I, we both have we both have little ones. Um, I have a stepdaughter, and he has a daughter. Um, so, you know, that that could have been our kids. Um, it very easily could have been our children. And, you know, it's it's a very, very important situation to um, acknowledge and, and to give give. Um, I don't know what the word I want to say is, but um, we're, we're very, very heavily affected by it here at home. Yeah, I'm you know, in a few years, I'm sending my daughter to school, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm terrified of putting her in the public school system. You know, I yeah. we might have to talk about that and figure out what the plan is, because. You know, it is just unacceptable that, uh, you know, these events are happening. And I'm not saying that I know the answer or I know what the solution is to prevent this from happening. But we have to do something about shootings in this country. We do. My, my stepdaughter is those kids age. It's it's very scary thinking that, you know, she could have been in that school. And, you know, I, I've got a lot of people who friends of friends were involved in the situation. And, and it just breaks my heart. It really does. Those poor children and, and staff and families, you know, that's and that, and, you know, right before school gets out, you know, this is supposed to be the most blissful couple weeks and months of their lives, you know, as they as they go into the summer vacation. And, you know, it's very somber and sad. And I just I hate that this happened. And I hate that it happened so close to home. Yeah. And so we stand in solidarity with the families mm-hmm. of those affected by the Uvalde shooting um, and also fuck your thoughts and prayers. <laughs> Seriously, Well, you said thoughts and prayers. I said that. <laughs> but yeah, um, we, we definitely, um, I, I think about them and I pray for them. Not yours, but I just mean like, fuck the mentality of like, that's all we have to do. Like, yeah, you yeah, know what I absolutely. mean? Absolutely. Something <laughs> needs to change for sure. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a gun owner and I, I know that, you know, if I have to jump through more hoops to make sure that this doesn't happen to other people's children, I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. 100%. And also, um, we did want to say uh, thank you to all the veterans and, and everyone who served. And we, we do have Remembrance and Memorial Day. Um, I'm the wife and daughter of a veteran. And, um, you know, there, there's a lot of big sacrifices that go out, you know, to make sure that we can talk about these things and have this podcast and um, have the views and, and opinions that we do. You know, we could be in a country where none of this is allowed. And we, we have to be grateful every day that we have the people that are fighting for our freedom every day. Yeah, 100%. Happy Memorial Day to everyone, uh, you know, to vets and families of vets. Obviously, you know, we definitely appreciate the benefit of being able to uh, live mostly uh, secure, peaceful lives here. And that's great. Mm-hmm. But uh, anywho, um, with all yeah, that. Sorry about all the heavy stuff. We're going to go into a heavy content <laughs> again today. But, you know, all it's fine. Heavy shit out of the way. The, this is probably going to be kind of a heavy episode, to be yeah, honest. So Unfortunately. So it works. Um, as far as news goes. Oh, boy. We got some stuff kicking. Let's go, baby. 
what's going on in the world of gaming? <laughs> oh my gosh. So let's start off by just saying, um, I know all like our E3 commentary. We had a lot of uh, feedback on that last time we did it. Unfortunately, there is no E3 this year. Um, we are going to be keeping our eyes out for any Nintendo Directs or Bethesda or anything like that that's coming out. Um, I know I was very, very excited for E3. Y'all know how much I love it. I take off of work for it. So I'm very, very sad that this is not happening. But um, I'm really hoping that they come back with a freaking just Falcon kick this year. Okay, Falcon punch this next year with E3. If y'all don't, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be feral. <laughs> um, also, I know we've got some... Um, Exciting, exciting news. Go ahead, Ash. Go ahead. I'm okay. I'm waiting for it. Let's go. Well, Let's go. you know, in the wake of the disappointment that we're not getting E3, but hopefully getting some uh, some uh, independent, you know, Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo are, uh, might be doing their own directs, which is nice. But but in, in spite of the disappointing news, we do have some exciting news. Uh, the sequel to Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, an episode that we've done on the Let's podcast. Go. Actually, that was the first episode you and Alan were on, if I recall. It is. And funny enough, Alan is playing it right now. <laughs> nice. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're getting a sequel, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Uh, Cameron Monaghan is back. We get a Grand Inquisitor that actually looks um, a Let's lot go. more like the design from Revenge of the Sith and Rebels. <laughs> I know we talk so much about that game, but I, for, I, I have never fallen in love with Star Wars more because that was when I was starting to get into it, but... Cameron Moynihan's performance as Cal Kestis drove it home for me, dude. This oh, yeah. game changed my freaking life. And also, the fact, I'm just going to say it right now because we're talking a little bit about Star Wars, and I have literally gone off the deep end, guys. Like, I'm a full Star Wars stand now, guys. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. Um, there was a BD unit in the Mandalorian this time frame that things are happening is post-order 66 that they're filming right now. I'm just saying Cameron Moynihan did the live-action capture for Cal Kestis. I want live action Cal Kestis. It's honestly, they got to do it right now because, um, you know, he's still the right age to be portraying the character in live action. So, you know, I'm really hoping that in some Star Wars media of some kind, uh, we get uh, a live action. I mean, Obi-Wan Kenobi, by the way, the first two episodes I love, despite my comments about the Grand Inquisitor, I think he looks great. <laughs> I'm a little perturbed that it's not consistent with the design of the character in live action in Revenge of the Sith or, or of that race of characters, but he still looks good. The actor's great. You know, no complaints as far as... If one can, uh, a Gregor can, he can't, he can't do no wrong. And Ewan McGregor is my, my love. And, I honestly do hope that uh, that we do get to see a, uh, a, a cameo. You know, uh, there was a point where people thought that he might show up in The Mandalorian. So um, it would be really cool either way if we were to get a if we were to get Cal Kestis now. You know, in that in the Kenobi series, it works with the time frame. It's just five years after Fallen Order. Um, and even if we got an older version that would show up, you know, in some other media. I'm totally cool, but just yeah, bring that character to live action because he's fucking That would be amazing. Awesome. He's an amazing character, great Jedi. He's got a really deep, rich story, and he's just a good freaking character. Like, bring him live. And I'm really excited about the new Star Wars uh, Jedi uh, Survivor game because Fallen yeah. Order is my favorite Star Wars game. Of course, I haven't played a lot of them, but I think it's 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 the best that they have because it, it's the type of game that I really enjoy and mm -hmm. I would just love to see them dig deeper. Uh, it is going to be a current gen slash next gen console exclusive. So Xbox Series X or S or PS5 or PSC. I'm totally cool with that because we've had plenty of games that were held back so that they could be played on last gen. Uh, Horizon. I'm okay. <laughs> I will drop the money. I'll get a PS5 because Absolutely. I want to see what this next generation of consoles is capable of doing. Um, Cal Kestis is worth it, bro. Cal Kestis is worth it. <laughs> also, apparently, this story might be more mature than the last one was. It's going to be more complex and mature. So Cameron Monaghan had to say. So... I'm excited. I really would love to see where they go because, you know, with uh, Fallen Order, and if you want to hear our episode on that, go ahead. You know, I kind of felt like Cal finally completed his training as a Padawan and he's a full-fledged Jedi Knight. Yeah. But he's not like a master level yet, right? He's not like legendary. I mean, it is noteworthy that he survived an encounter with Darth Vader, but... Yeah, no shit. But and all the not, freaking sisters. 
He's no Obi-Wan yet, right? I'd love to see yeah. this character progress and become more powerful. Yeah. And he's the first one besides, like, I I know that, like, of course, you know, it's very um, typical of, of the Star Wars series to have, you know, the red and the green and the blue lightsabers. But Cal Kestis is very interesting because, like, just like Mace Windu has his purple lightsaber, Cal Kestis is a redhead who has an orange freaking lightsaber. And I want to see that live because you see canon? Ahsoka's. Is that canon? It's canon. One? It's really? Canon. Okay. It is. I didn't know what was the canon color. So that's interesting then because what's funny is I believe the orange was exclusive to pre-order. Uh, no, it wasn't because I didn't pre-order the game and I got it. Yep. Orange is canon to Cal's character. Just okay. like white is canon to Ahsoka's character. And the fact that we're seeing these new lightsabers is just incredible. Seeing them live is amazing. And also... Damn, my Cal made a purple lightsaber. <laughs> I think I had a purple one too. Yeah, just because I love Mace Windu so much. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go into the theory that he's still alive because we'll be here for hours talking about Star Wars. So let's get into some more gaming news before we get <laughs> down into the rabbit hole and this becomes a Star Wars episode. <laughs> Let me see. I know there was something else that we were going to talk about, but now I can't even remember what it was. Lord. Oh, um, apparently Sony announced that finding a PS5 might be easier this year. Does this finally mean that we get a Horizon exclusive edition PS5? Thank you. I'd appreciate that. Really would love that. Um, also, I know that there's some other small things. There's not really a lot going on in the gaming community right now. It looks like a lot of things are still in development, and there's not a lot of announcements besides, you know, the Star Wars game, um, E3 being canceled. Um, I know that Cyberpunk has been having – there's been some buzz about that recently. The sales are up. Apparently, they've redeveloped the game again. Um, I know we discussed this a little bit with uh, the Anthem episode that we did. Um, but other than that, I haven't really seen much. Um, I think we're kind of waiting for the big punch. It's almost halfway through the year. So as we get closer to quarter three and quarter four, you know, holiday time, of course, I'm sure we'll see more news. But, yeah. I think I heard Cyberpunk is getting an expansion, which is kind of like – uh, you kind of missed your opportunity. I mean, like, like with Anthem, they had an opportunity to come back in a very big way, you know, and, and that just comes down to marketing. If the game is fixed and all the patches are, you know, have been applied and the game is playable, they really could have done a better job of, of doing that. But I don't know. Maybe if they announce a new e expansion, that's their big plan. Come play the game and get a whole lot of new shit. Yeah. It might be worth talking about at a later point. But yeah, I think you're right. You know, as far as gaming news goes, we're going to have more to talk about after you know some of the presentations that are inevitably going to come up i mean i think nintendo did announce they are doing one right yes yeah they should be doing one i think in quarter three and then um bethesda just had one in the end of april talking about um you know the expectations for the new elder scrolls and a couple other small things um it doesn't look like they're working on anything other besides those projects um I personally have been playing uh, Back for Blood with my husband and the, and the boys, his his best friends. Um, I, I've been really enjoying it. I know that there's been a lot of gruff from the community, but there is um, going to be two more expansions coming this year. So I don't know if anybody's been playing Tunnels of Terror, um, but I've really been enjoying it. I've been really just loving the game. So I'm excited to play those two expansions. And other than that, I think that wraps it up for me, um, except for the fact that, you know, I'm I'm not gaming news, but I'm moving. So I'll finally be able to have some space to be able to, uh, make the the Patreon content because there's just been no room in this tiny little apartment. God damn it! I'm gonna be outnumbered. Most of my co-hosts are gonna be in Georgia. We're gonna have to start <laughs> saying we're podcasting straight out of Georgia or something. Cause god damn it, it was one thing when we had the one co-host. I don't know. We're gonna have to change that intro a little bit. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna be the peaches and pecans. <laughs> We are podcasting from the United States. We're podcasting from peaches and pecan states. It's fine. I'm just going to kidnap you and Hazel and put you in a suitcase. It's fine. I mean, we are definitely, well, you see, instead of us planning on Zach coming down and uh, coming down to Texas and us all hanging out, it's going to be the opposite now. I'm going to yeah, have to come up. <laughs> it's cool, though. I'm totally happy to do it. I'm, I'm down to travel. We'll all. We'll, we'll plan something where we all get together and uh, I know one way y'all got to meet each other in person and I didn't get to because I was at, like a Christmas party or something I was like this is I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I even told Zach the same thing I was like yeah next time but enough of that what are we talking about today Megan let's get into it so today we are going to be talking about a very very interesting game that is not really on a lot of people's radar um, it is called Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice, and oh my lord, y'all, this game, 
Um, I'm going to start off with a disclaimer. If you've gotten this far into the episode, this game is very, very, very heavy. It is very heavily mental health related. And if anything triggers you, please don't hesitate to skip out of the episode. I promise we'll have some lighter content next time. But this game is intense and it's very, very, very drawing to the subject of mental health. And a lot of it you don't realize until the end of the game. And that's the part that just encaptures me. Um, We were going to have Slink on this episode, my brother. But I think some things are going on where he's just he's so busy with streaming right now that he's not able to be on the episode. But I was actually inspired to play this game by him. Um, This is one of his top five games of all time for sure. Um, And he loves this game probably more than probably more than most people it's fine it's casual <laughs> shout out to agony uh he was on our elden ring episode and he has got his own stream so definitely a friend of the podcast um but yeah no this game uh you recommended it this was your your suggestion for the podcast mm-hmm. um so i came into it not knowing exactly what was going on except that it was going to be very heavily uh mental health related so, uh, first of all, it's actually kind of a good time to talk about it because not too long ago they did announce the sequel to this game and they they yes. released a trailer for uh, Hellblade 2 Sinua's Saga. Mm-hmm. I remember the first time I booted up this game was a few months ago. I was either caught up on whatever game we were doing at the time or maybe I was a little bored of it, wanted to try something else or maybe I just really wanted a sneak peek. So I popped this game in a little bit early and started playing it and I couldn't stop playing. It was actually really fun. I, I, I When I picked up this game more recently and finished it in preparation for the episode, I had already beaten Val Raven. Oh, worst fight in the whole freaking game. It's not a very long game. You can get through it and... You could probably get through it in a day if you really try. Um, yeah. But it is it is very effective. Uh, I was actually surprised at uh, just how well the game plays. Yeah. It's simplistic. There's not uh, a lot of controls. Most of it is walking around and holding down the right trigger button to, to focus on stuff. And then when you go into combat, there's a separate set of combat controls. But you you that that happens when enemies show up. Senoa yeah. pulls out her sword, which seems to come out of nowhere, um, and uh, and starts fighting these villains. Uh, the other thing that was really cool about this game, one of the, the bigger things, is that you never really know what is real and what isn't because this is a mm-hmm. game that is focused on a character that has psychosis. And the uh, and I watched the feature that came with the game. The developers of the game, Ninja Theory, actually consulted real mental health professionals, uh, neurodevelopmental specialists, and people that actually experience psychosis in order to uh, to have an accurate representation of that mental illness and uh, to incorporate it into gameplay. Yeah, I love how beautifully tragic this game is because it really does show the strength of going through the grief process, right? So Senua, she goes into this, she's lost her lover, Dillian. And that is, you know, some that's a very, very strong point in this game. And it shows, you know, the heartbreak and the loss that someone goes through during grief and especially losing someone like your partner. Like, I would probably go this feral if something happened to Alan. Like, I, I already know that for sure. Like, Alan is my soulmate and I love him more than I've loved anybody else. Like, that's just pure fact. And, and it's <laughs> um, so it, it does translate through the game and something that really is intense about this game is there's not a lot to this game, but the audio and the, the video being combined this game, I do heavily recommend playing with a headset because you get the full feature, but it literally, yeah, very important. It it literally feels like voices are talking in your head. It does. And it, it just so eloquently not only displays like someone going through grief, but someone with a mental illness going through grief because Senua is not, she's not straight in the head. Let's be, let's be honest here. She's not straight in the head. She's not normal. She's not any of that. Um, and, and after losing Dylan, the one thing that like was the piece of her sanity, she goes into full psychosis and this is her fighting with her, her literal personal demons to get through her grief. And I find this this story just so beautifully tragic. Um, and it's, it's something that, you know, I, I sometimes will pick up the game just as a reminder of like, you know, um, the struggles that someone can go through in life and, and how you deal with grief. Like I, I lost my aunt last year and that was something that was really hard on me. And I, I picked up this game. 
I won't lie to you. I picked up this game to 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 help me understand the processes of grief in someone else's eyes, and that's something that I I, I do heavily recommend. Is you know watching it through someone else's eyes and watching how they go through it. Sometimes the way that you go through grief, it doesn't feel normal, but it is normal. Yeah. Well, and and this game does deal with grief, and I think that is actually the uh, the the chief. Uh, plot element that's here is Sinua dealing with grief. Uh, what's interesting is that Sinua is a character that already had psychosis prior to the traumatic event that this game focuses on. In fact, they reference the fact that her mother had the same mental illness, so it's probably genetic in this case. Mm-hmm either that or cultural. So you have a character who already deals with psychosis. And on top of that, this character has to deal with uh, isolation throughout her childhood. The fact that she lives in this weird backwards Norse culture. Um, I, I believe Senua is not actually a Viking. She's a Pict. Yes. What, is yeah. what the, it, the, the feature it said, but um, who were invaded by the Northmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So this, um, again, this game is, you know, um, it's it's not normal and it's based based heavily on Norse mythology. Yeah. Um. So you know, you're you're gonna be at the gates of Helheim. You're gonna, you know, experience, you know, very Nordic, um, influence in this game. So uh, well, you'll see it. Sorry. Uh, I was gonna say you're gonna see it in in her face, in her in her war paint, in her dreads, in her dress. Like it's it looks like something that a typical Viking woman would wear. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the game, it, it is a fictional story dealing with fictional characters, but it it, it, it revolves around a character that is, is grounded in reality that could yeah. you know very well have been a real character. And so yeah. you take this character who's not only dealing with a psychosis, not only dealing with you know the isolation from her tribe because of that and, and just the weird backwards Norse culture and and the fact that we live in a time before doctors and and mental health awareness um after that she deals with trauma her loved one the only light of her life the only person left after her mother died that was Mm -hmm. uh, uh, uh that was you know the shining light in her life gone and in the worst way possible the blood eagle i think we probably talked about it in our assassin's creed valhalla episode yeah if you don't know what a blood eagle is trigger warning it's graphic it's about to get very graphic they take a, a they take a, a knife or some sort of sharp implement and they slice down the back and they take the skin and they spread it out like wings yep while the victim is alive i believe yep and it is, it is very, I don't even know how to like describe a blood eagle. Like, let me just. She comes home from exile to see Dillian, her only loved one, that in that state. And um, that's center focus to Sinua's journey here. Um, the story actually takes place, and you, you see this scene later on in a flashback, but the story takes place. After that fact, she has his head. It's always with her in that little piece of cloth pouch, pouch <laughs> on her side. And she is taking him to Helheim, or what she believes is Helheim. Again, it's not really clear how much of this is real or not. She's taking him there so that she can retrieve his soul. And ultimately, the story is about her acknowledging that grief and, you know, by the end of the story, uh, coming to terms with it and realizing that, you know, uh, you know, loss is this loss. Yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel like that would be, I feel like that would be accurate. I, I was saying this is lost cause that was, that was a meme reference, <laughs> but yeah, no, no, that that's uh it's very much a story of that. Um, I like how, uh, the elements of psychosis are interwoven into the gameplay. Um, they yes. talk about how, you know, people that experience psychosis, not only hear voices and, and see, uh, have hallucinations, see visions and whatnot, which is all experienced throughout the game, but they have these delusions where they fi- think that everything is connected and they find patterns in the world. And that's actually how yes. this game works out. It's a puzzle solving game. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of the game gameplay revolves around finding runes in the environment, you know, through the shape of, you know, some trees seen from a certain perspective, you know, and fixing bridges because you can see it from just the right angle. It's actually really fun, especially, I think, uh, the Valraven segment and then the uh, the Labyrinth segments later on. I hate the Valraven segment. Ooh! 
it's a lot of illusion shit going on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something I, I know we talked a lot about the mental health, but spoiler warning, you don't realize this is Senua's own fucking brain until the very end of the game. You think that this is a real quest in some far off realm. No, this is all happening in her head during this time period. And it's revealed at the end. Like, that's the thing that I think blows my mind the most is I was, like, so confused playing through the game. Like, so it showed me some signs of psychosis, you know, especially, you know, that the little that I've been exposed to, you know, learning about it. Um, and then I it comes full force at the end of the game and, like, literally collides. And I'm like, what? It's the most mind-blowing reveal at the end of the game I think I've ever seen. Well, and see, I guess I had already known the premise of the game, so I was already aware that most of this was going yeah. on in her head. But I still kind of tackled it from that angle of, is you never really know. I mean, as far as I know, Sinua traveled to some place in the wilds, and um, I want to say they, that they said that this probably takes place in, in, the, in Great Britain, like prior to it being Great Britain, but like in the British Isles. Somewhere like that, yeah. It would be like their southern country, because there's lots of, you know ocean and stuff like that around her yeah and so she's somewhere you know out and about yeah and, and she's just seeing all of these things and and going through this journey i mean i don't know somebody who works in the healthcare field um how how well do you think that, that was represented as far as like her psychosis and and like everything just tying together yeah um, you know, I, I haven't experienced too much psychosis. We do have, um, I, I've seen a couple people. Um, I, I haven't been too well exposed to it working in primary care, but, um, I've heard a lot of stories about it. Um, I've, I've, I've explored a lot of the topic. Um, and you know, me being a, a crime junkie, um, you know, I, I do watch a lot of things involving, you know, serial killers and psychosis and backgrounds and things like that and things that cause people to become sociopathic or psychopathic or, you know, just having, you know, mental illnesses in general. Um, and, and while I'm looking more into it, I'm not too well versed on it yet. Um, but I do think this is a very accurate description of what someone goes through in their head. Yeah. Like literally they think this is true. Like people saying, you know, like with schizophrenia, for example, we can't hear it. But people have voices in their head. They have people talking. Like, they, we can't experience it, but it happens. You'd be surprised, you know, like, so, uh, I just learned this a couple months ago. You know, I personally, I have an internal monologue. There are people out there who don't have an internal monologue. So think of schizophrenia, like the mo internal monologue, but more sadistic and the level turned up to 10. Yeah. So. You know, it's it's a pretty accurate description of somebody who's got a serious mental illness like this, you know, bipolar schizophrenia, something like that on a very, you know, it, you know, this isn't treated, of course, you know, so this is not saying that everybody is like this. But in this time period with her levels of psychosis, with it being genetic, it's very accurate to what somebody could be experiencing. Absolutely. And, you know, people, you know, like people with dementia, for example, they go wandering off into the street because they think they're going, you know, they're not home. It happens. And it's it's very accurate to what I and I and I I think that's something that me working in healthcare I can appreciate you know that yeah. they took the time to properly watch and and discuss and give somebody you know I'm not you know oh, oh I have this disorder but it doesn't make me crazy you know it's 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 normal things like this happen um, I know we talked about this before the podcast you know. Sociopaths and psychopaths are always going to happen, and, and mental illnesses are always going to happen, and it's okay to embrace that and talk about it, and I feel like they've done that so eloquently in this game. This game is incredible about grabbing the the phobia of mental health by the balls and just literally holding on to them bitches and being like, don't you even fucking think about it. Like, it literally does it so eloquently because it's, it's, it's a very accurate description of what somebody could be experiencing, and we don't even know about it. It happens in their head. 100%. You hear them too, right? Can you see them? They're going to do that to you. We picture fear and we think of a shadow in the woods. Creature in the night. that simple maybe you're already dead who are you she once tried to make them go away mother do you hear them pretend they weren't real who's there 
more into your soul and rot you from the inside. With every defeat, the dark rot will grow and soon it will take her soul. But for now, at least, she still has control of her mind. And she will fulfill her vow. Don't let this darkness come between us. Whatever the cost. The darkness touched you. Everyone could see it in the hollows of your eyes. What's your name? A gaze averted from life. You should become a warrior, you know. You ran from it, but brought it nearer. Let it to him. An endless suffering, worse than death. And you wanted to surrender. Abandoned to find peace with the gods. So you will walk into the lair of the beast. Look it in the eye, and you will go to war. You know, I like how you have the voices in Sonoma's head, which I think she refers to as Furies, uh, and Furies. As, as well as the Darkness, which is a, a different, more prominent voice. But they're not even ever necessarily reliable all the time, but they are all that you have. So the game actually makes a use of a very minimalist UI. There's there's very little in the terms of, of UI in the world. It, it kind of just throws you in. Um, and so you really have not much to go on except what these voices will say. And sometimes they're lying. Sometimes they're not telling you mm-hmm. the, the truth. Sometimes, you know, they'll tell you you're not going in the right direction when you are. Um, as far as enemies go, um, you know that an enemy is about to attack you because they'll say suddenly behind you. Or yeah. uh, they'll let you know that your your focus charge is up and that you can use focus again, um, which is a gameplay mechanic we'll, we'll, we'll talk about here in a bit yeah i I like that uh that you have that element in the game and that you know that that's what you have to listen out for and that's why the uh the headphone experience makes it even better is that you know you hear these voices constantly Um, i think they even recorded it by having people you know walking around a microphone so that they could achieve you know the 3d and so it feels like there's somebody right there beside you whispering in your ear and it's a little unsettling i Um, do not (laughs) recommend playing this game knowing that your spouse is coming home Mm -hmm. uh yeah scared the (laughs) shit out of me um also something about the voices that i i did read a couple reviews on this just to kind of see what other people's perspectives are because like my brother for example has his own perspective on it and you know everybody deals with mental health differently especially mental health games or mental health topics um and I had somebody that that I I read the IGN review and I don't remember the name of the publisher, but it was very eloquently said. It was in in Hellblade, you are never truly alone, be it better or for worse. And there is something that that does not get talked about a lot is people with these types of mental disorders. They they find comfort sometimes in the voices in their head, and sometimes that's all that they have because they isolate themselves or they are isolated. So it's kind of interesting to see that she's she's truly alone. She has no one because Dylan, Dillian and her mother are gone. But at the same time, she has the voices in her head. And that, that can be comforting for her own self and her own loss and her own grief. Right. Right, exactly. Be it that the, sometimes they're assholes that make you go the wrong way for 20 minutes. <laughs> um. uh, another voice that, that that's good, that's prominent within the game is the voice of Druth, this uh, mentor figure that she had. Mm-hmm. 
who occasionally throughout the game, whenever you uh, find the uh, the lore stones, and these are optional, he'll go and he'll talk about you know some story from Norse mythology, and some of these I've heard before. You know they they talk about Fafnir, and you know we I, we saw that in God of War. Uh, they talk about uh, 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 Baldur and and Ragnarok and stuff, and so uh, there's a lot of these different little stories. And what's nice is that you know you'll you'll sit and you'll focus on one of those lore stones, and then you can hear those stories in the background while you're walking around, and it sort of explains what's going on. Or just provide some additional context. So, uh, Jeruth is one of the only characters whose voices that's like, you know, that's somebody you know that has your best interests at heart. Um, anything that comes from him is something that's that's good. Although, mostly he just kind of tells, you know, this lore. Uh, and then you have her mother as well, who you'll occasionally encounter throughout the story. Mm-hmm. Her mother, who died at an early age, and so she was left with her apparently abusive father, who was a druid, I believe. Yep. I think so, yeah. Trying to remember now. I'm like, huh? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, but the character of Druth was somebody that she kind of uh, latched on to. Yeah, found some comfort in because uh, he is uh, he was also an outcast and somebody who 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 uh, didn't judge her. And then, of course, Dillian. And Dillian is, you know, kind of the the chief focus. Um, his voice comes in at a certain point during the game, towards the end, and even you know representations of him and and chasing him. You know, that's her overall motivation here. Oh, that part made me cry my freaking eyes out. I bawled. And also, um, I don't know if you've seen it. Um, I don't know. If, have you seen Moon Knight? Of course. Okay, perfect. Um, so going into this, like after, like like going a little bit into the game and, and touching a little bit on it, um, the voice of Druth almost makes me think of the relationship between Mark and Stephen in Moon Knight. Okay. It's a very heavy parallel of that. You know, it's something that he that she finds comfort in. It's something that Mark finds comfort in. And it's there. It's 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 one thing where it's like this game. It touches on mental health so heavily, and it touches on all these topics that it's like we really don't know what kind of mental health disorder she has. And it could very well be a mixture of like B, um, BPD and you know schizophrenia and multiple personality disorder because she hears these voices in her head clear as day. And it's not like she switches from alter to alter, but it seems like it's something where it's like they're a separate party inside her head so it reminded me a lot of that relationship where it's like all right you can do this annual keep going keep going you've got this and it keeps pushing her to go forward just like steven does with mark okay i can definitely see the parallel there and you know again uh i think psychosis is sort of a broad spectrum it encompasses a lot of different uh uh, mental illnesses as i I understand it Mm -hmm. so uh you know and without her being able to be diagnosed or whatnot it's unclear exactly what's going on here um it is important to note that you know psychosis and psychopathy are two very different things (laughs) yes and and um you know it's it's just we don't know a lot as much as we'd like to think we do, we don't know a lot about mental health and mental disorders and what causes things. Like, for example, we kind of know a little bit about what causes migraines and headaches, for example. Like, I personally suffer from chronic migraines, and there's sometimes where a little tinge of neck pain causes a migraine in the last two days. There's sometimes where I have neck pain for three days and I have no headache. Um, and the very, very similar aspect is the same in the same line is is mental disorders. Like, we don't know why people have anxiety, but we know how to help to stop it. But we don't know the full consensus of what's going on in someone's brain. Like everybody's neurons fire so differently, but they fire the same at the same time. You know, we all have the same basic functions to be able to live, but all of our brains work so differently. Everybody thinks about things differently. Everybody yeah. has a different opinion. You know, you some, you know, back in back in the day when we were all cavemen, somebody could have looked at an apple and thought it was an orange and named it freaking orange. And we would have never known. Right. Because it's it's an opinion, you know, until it becomes a fact. And everybody's experience is different. That's why I'm glad that the developers, you know, the folks at Ninja Theory, who are behind what I think the, the Devil May Cry reboot is something that they've done, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, uh, Disney Infinity they've worked a little bit with. Heavenly Sword, okay, that's something that kind of uh, seems... There's some parallels there. But, uh, yeah, the folks at, at uh, Ninja Theory had actually consulted with actual victims of psychosis, people that experienced this. And so I'm glad that they were able to 
uh, incorporate the different perspectives that people like that have into their game and that, that that it was well received by those people. Yeah, exactly. So I've been just like while we're talking, looking it up and it literally just it describes it as psychosis um, is what Senua has. And and psychosis is it can be a mixture um, of things such as bipolar schizophrenia. So I was kind of in that same aspect. Um, But it's a loss of reality as well, which is, you know, what we're experiencing in this game. But there's just so many things about this game that are, are so incredibly important and and. Something that I just love. I love the simplicity of this game. Mm-hmm. I love how simple it is. There's no grand door. You know, it's not like Horizon where you're going to go off and jump off and glide on something. It's not like Uncharted where you're going to go flying out of a freaking airplane and try and clamber back up it. It's not like Skyrim where suddenly a new hand has chosen the fucking beacon. You know, it's it's simple. But it has a strong message. And that's something that Ninja Theory has fucking nailed. Literally to a T. And I, I I know that a lot of people aren't, you know, able to do games like this just because of their own, you know, experience with their mental health journey. Um, and, you know, this game may not be for everybody. There are people that, you know, there there are things that trigger them, um, you know, including loss and psychosis and things like that, or even, you know, experiencing others with BPD, things like that. But I do think this is a game that if, if you think you can handle it, you should pick it up because this game is fucking incredible. Yeah. Fucking incredible. I think all from at least from a gameplay perspective, I mean the the, the story elements are can be quite heavy and can be hard. But from a gameplay perspective, it's very accessible. Mm-hmm. I think almost anybody can pick it up and enjoy it. And I think that it it succeeds where other media have failed at portraying psychosis. It does yeah. things that only a game can do. And I, I think that uh, that that's important and the fact that the gameplay is so simple and that you know almost anybody can pick it up and and figure out what to do or where to go and they don't have to worry about an excessive controls or whatnot it does make it very easy you know like i said the 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 primary gameplay consists of walking around and holding down a trigger button to focus on stuff um when you enter combat seno automatically pulls out her sword you can only do combat whenever enemies are around um combat can be difficult but it, it has yeah. it has a, a this uh, interesting progressive uh, combat difficulty, which it can be configured. But um, the the default experience is actually having the combat become uh, easier or more difficult. That the difficulty scales based on how you're doing in the fight. Yeah, it's not like Elden Ring. It's not going to punish you for fucking dying, but it it can get intense. The game does fuck with you though. Very early on, oh. you're told that uh, that that if every time you die, that the rot starts. And I think the first time you die is scripted. Uh, but yeah, the, there's this rot that comes up, and it and it does seem to extend and move up Sinua's arm the more that you die. And yeah. you're told that if it reaches her head, the game will end. It's a fake out. That doesn't happen. Uh, the, the 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 you're all of your it, it acts like, but it but it's an effective because it presents this permadeath as something that can happen if you die too often you know your entire what does it say send it was journey will end it'll start over yeah it's, yeah it sounds yeah. like your you save file is gonna be over. deleted <laughs> yeah it doesn't it's, do it's, that but it's intense though because it's it's like it's almost like um like reverse psychology kind of thing but but in a different way because it's like it's like telling somebody like if you touch that your whole arm's gonna fall off so nobody ever touches it Try not to die. Oh, fucking, I'll, I won't. Motherfucker, <laughs> I won't. I will roll away all I can. And I really did. Like, when I first played this game, uh, Agony had told me, he was like, bro, like, you'll you'll die if the, the rock goes all the way to your head. I was so careful playing this fucking game <laughs> because I was so worried about, I literally, like, dashed away and darted away. I would get in, like, the boss fights lasted forever for me because I was so scared of dying. I was like, hell no. Hell no. I am not starting this shit over. Because this game gets creepy. And, like, you can only handle so much of it before you're like, fuck, I need to, I need to watch some fucking Scooby-Doo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this game, sometimes, you know, you can only be played in short bursts. I, I definitely had the same experience. Um, I'm kind of a dumbass. I actually looked it up to find out exactly what that meant. The second that message came up, I was like... Okay, so are they actually doing that? And I spoiled it for myself and f- found out that uh, no, it doesn't happen. So it wasn't as effective for me because I looked it up. But <laughs> this game quite literally has an effect on you. <sighs> yeah, but even so, you know, like I said, that the game 
it does deal with a lot of heavy shit. And there were a few times where it was just difficult enough for me that I was like, okay, I have to put this down for a little bit. You know, yeah. like uh, one of the labyrinth or one of the trial segments, the labyrinth one, uh, where that that uh, fire is like chasing you throughout and you're having to find the runes and then escape. That one got me. And then uh, towards the end of the game, whenever you're in the beast's lair with Fenrir and every time you're in the dark, uh, it can come after you. And the only safe zones are whenever you're in light or when you have a torch with you. Uh, there were a few yeah. times during that segment where I had to put the game down. <laughs> come back yeah. To it. I got freaked out. I was like, mm, no. Yeah. Uh, the game also contains a, uh, you know, a, a depiction of suicide contemplation. Senua hits a point in her journey where, you know, it seems like everything's failed. Her sword's broken. Um, she tries yeah. facing Hela and uh, she considers it. You know, the darkness, I think, uh, even kind of spur her on to do it. Um, and later on, you learn that the darkness is actually a manifestation of uh, the power that the influence that her father had over her. And so it's a voice that whenever it comes up, you're never quite sure whether you should trust it or not, whether it's trying mm-hmm. to protect you, like it says, or, or what. Um, and then, like I said, even the other voices are, are not quite reliable. I still think at the end of the day, they have Sinua's best interests at heart. It's just kind of that inner conflict. That's like her inner monologue. Mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like intrusive thoughts. They just, sometimes they come out of nowhere, like things can be going good. And then it's like, mm, seems like the perfect fucking day for a panic attack bitch sucker punch like yeah. I, i've had days like that and it reminds me a lot of my own journey with my my mental health you know i had days where i would just be walking down a hallway and i'd have a panic attack and you know i'd never knew how to stop it i never and it felt like everything was just i was losing the game of life and you know there's there's still days where i have rough days and 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 i I still struggle to this day with my mental health. You know, I, I think that, you know, going to therapy and, and helping myself and, and taking that decision for myself, it's, it's therapy's not for everybody, but you know, it's, it's a good thing. And there's always resources out there. Um, but having days where it's better is, is amazing. And, and I will say I am not on any medication. Um, I chose to go through it just I'm raw dogging my my anxiety, bro. Like Same. iced coffee and fucking <laughs> iced coffee and black bear gets me through that shit. But I, I will say, um, as somebody who struggles a lot with mental health and there's days where I have intrusive thoughts, um, it, it does get better. And I think that the end of Senua's story does show that, that, that you will get through it and things do get better. And, and sometimes it really does feel like the only option is to, you know, take it to the end of the road and I promise you, you can get out of it. You can get better and you will be better because you didn't do it. You woke up the next morning, you got up the next morning. And that's the most important thing is that even in Senua's story, when she's going through full psychosis, it shows that things can get better for you. Yeah. 100%. Um, I can't, you know, relate to psychosis. You know, I've never experienced that. As far as I know, the closest to psychosis that can happen is, uh, you know, if you smoke too much THC. And apparently it takes a lot for that to I'm happen. Good. I'm good. I'll pass. <laughs> I'm good. No, thanks. But, uh, uh, yeah, no, I. but I can relate to mental health. I can relate to depression. You know, like I said, like like, like you I'm not doing anything right now. I actually haven't been doing therapy. I'm not on any medications. I'm not currently insured. So, you know, I'm raw dogging it too. Every day is a different experience. Is this going to be a good day? Is it going to be a bad day? I don't know. And Senua seems to have a lot of bad days. And, you know, that that's, it is actually really interesting to, to see how much hardship this character endures and you know i think it doesn't matter what's real and what's not because it's sinua's reality it is she makes it real you know she's like the the scarlet witch right you know reality is or 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 thanos (laughs) reality is whatever i want oh god yeah no (laughs) kidding yeah but i mean i just i i love that you know it shows um and while it's sad and Senua's story is sad, it shows a season. And, right, we all go through seasons, right? Like, I had a season where I was super depressed, super anxious. I was waking up gasping in the middle of the night. And, you know, right now I, I'm not going through any therapy or treatment, but I feel really good. 
Um, I feel like things are going really good and I make sure to take time for myself. Like one of my biggest things this year was getting back into gaming, getting really, really far into this podcast and devoting myself more to it and, and giving myself more purpose than just, you know, being me and, you know, hiding behind my screen. And I, what I mean by that is not just like, like a lot of the time I feel like my opinion doesn't matter. My, my thoughts and and actions don't matter. And I, I really have tried to take this year to take time for myself and really just find the things that make me truly happy because there's a lot of things, especially, you know, as you work in a, in a smaller part of healthcare now. Um, and, and so does Zach, you know, it's, it's not direct patient contact as much. Um, but there are some days where, where healthcare really gets to you. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and people are terrible. You know, I had somebody, um, because I, I, I told them, you know, that I wasn't able to do something because they had called four 30 today before. And we, we had, closed at five and I, he called the next morning and I wasn't able to do it yet. He he told my boss that I should be fired and that I was disrespectful and I didn't give a fuck about a single one of our patients. Fuck that guy. <laughs> I walked out of the room crying because I had never had somebody speak to me like that before. And it takes a toll and making sure that I take time for myself and take care of myself is so important to me nowadays. And I, I think that, you know, this story kind of reminds me that there can be days that are worse, but I have to do my best to make sure that I have better days, you know? Yeah, 100%. I I agree with that. I think that, uh, you know, as a whole, uh, the game tells a journey of, of, of Senua realizing what specifically she has control over, you know? It's not her fault that Dillian died or that anyone else dies, uh, and all those voices that are telling her otherwise is a manifestation of her own guilt. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's all self-imposed. There are some things that you can't control. No, you can't bring your dead lover back. But what you can do is live a life that he wanted you to live. And, and Exactly. You know, I think that, that, that that's very important. The struggles and the hardships, the adversities that, that Senua has to overcome you know, even if it's not specifically relatable to all of us, you know, if we haven't had a loved one die and or we don't experience psychosis, I think we can all relate to in some aspect. Exactly. Uh, you know, the, the Sinua acts as a, a link from to the player to, uh, you know, these kinds of situations. And I, I am glad that we have a medium through which we can explore. I'm really excited to see what they do with the sequel and where they go with that. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. And even, you know, I, that's just something I thought about too, because like, for example, like Alan doesn't have anxiety, so he doesn't, you know, he, he does his best to understand, but there's some things where it's like, I can't describe it. And he doesn't understand. And I feel like this game is a really good game for people who maybe have somebody in their life that is experiencing mental health issues and it helps them understand that there's some days where you just feel like you can't get yourself off the floor. And it, it shows it's literally a visual and audio representation of what somebody can be feeling in their head. And I think that's so important, especially in the gaming community itself, because a lot of us aren't honest with ourselves and we dive deep into games to get away from our reality, you know? Yeah, yeah. And for Ninja Theory to be able to craft an experience like this on what was a, apparently a small budget. Yeah, there was only 20 devs on this team. Yeah, yeah. That's less than the freaking revival attempt for Anthem. <laughs> and I think next part we'll kind of get into more of the specifics of the detail of, of, of the development history, uh, as well as uh, certain gameplay aspects that we haven't explored quite yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that in the next part. I think that this that this game is is definitely. Uh, I, I think it's a worthwhile experience if can. Considering what you've heard so far, if you haven't played this game, you know, if it sounds like something that you can endure uh, and it sounds like something that, that you know, is, is, is within your capacity to deal with, um, I think you should because it's, it's, it's definitely a lot of fun. It's definitely more so than fun. It's just, it's just a deep immersive experience. I think immersive is really the best word to use here. And, uh, it's not very long either. No, but it's not. It is, I think the whole game is like, what, 10, 12 hours? Yeah. Um, you'll get through it very quickly. I did. Um, but considering that sometimes, you know, I couldn't play this game for very long, uh, I think that that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't need a lot. 
You don't need a lot. You can pack a lot of stuff into 10 to 12 hours, that's for sure. We learned that with Senua. For sure. But yeah, I guess next time, like I said, we'll we'll kind of focus on a, a little bit more, go into detail about, you know, the combat system and then the puzzle solving and uh, some more talk about the development and, and maybe even talk about uh, what we might like to see in the sequel. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to add? Um, just, you know, if, if you guys, you know, I know this was a very heavy, very, very heavy um, topic to talk about. And I know that there's a lot of people out there struggling with mental health. If you or anyone you know is ever having any problems with mental health and just feel like there's no one out there that understands, everybody here at Collateral Media in total is is here for you. We will always be here for you. Please don't ever hesitate to reach out. We will more than happy to talk to you, um, talk you through things if you ever need any help. Um, and of course, you know, you, if, if you're not necessarily okay with talking on the phone, um, the national suicide prevention lifeline, um, does have a chat feature. Um, and the national suicide prevention number is 1-800-273-8255. If you feel like we are not able to help, but please, if you're struggling in your mental journey and feel like it's, it's, you know, everything is just overwhelming you, please don't hesitate to reach out for help. We are more than we're here with open arms for you. Hell yeah. Uh, there's another podcast that we work with, Victims and Villains. Actually, when this was originally conceived, uh, we wanted to, to feature them on this episode, but um, I don't know. I just never really got around to, <laughs> to, to uh, communicating that. But uh, but yeah, th- that's another great podcast. Uh, some friends that we work with that have some excellent mental health resources definitely recommend uh, their show and, and the mental health resources that they have at their disposal. Uh, mm-hmm. victims and villains oh they're amazing guys you'll love them to death we promise 100 <laughs> <laughs> percent. but yeah no this game is uh i i think uh there's still a lot more to talk about in part two and i am excited to get into it <laughs> but uh guys if you enjoyed this episode leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts or feedback on your platform of choice you can Fine Collateral Gaming wherever you get your podcasts. We are on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, you name it. Uh, we have a sister podcast, Collateral Cinema, just finished our season finale on Sidekicks uh, featuring Chuck Norris. Chuck motherfucking Norris. And uh, that was a lot of fun. That was one of Robert's episodes. So check that out. Like I said, in part two, we will be talking more about Hellblade, Sidoa's Sacrifice, And then we'll be finishing off the season with Fire Emblem, the Blazing Blade. (laughs) Check out our Patreon during the interim when we start back our season uh, between now and when we start the season up in September. uh, I want to release a lot more of our uh, Patreon commentaries. Uh, So those are exclusive. Uh, Maybe we'll... Additionally, try to uh, release some bonus round episodes out and game launch episodes. I really wanted to talk about Evil Dead actually this month. Yeah. I did. The Evil Dead game looks dope. I really wanted to talk about it, but uh, <laughs> I don't have any money, guys. Your so. boy broke. It's okay. Me but too. But if you want um, to donate once... to our Patreon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, we, we'd love that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Also, um, I'm in the process of moving. Um, as we record this episode, I'm moving in like literally a week and a day eight days until i'm out of the state of texas so um i'm definitely planning on using the space that we have to um record more content um i did record a little bit of of one episode and it was trash so um i'm gonna set myself up for success yeah um i'm gonna set myself up for success before i go and do all that but uh be expecting something once i get to to (laughs) where we land and uh we get all settled in and all that stuff. Nice. Well, anywho, guys, we'll see you in part two. Laters. Peace out. So, so.
Collateral Gaming is a collateral media podcast. All music and game clips are owned by the respective creators and are used for educational purposes only. Please don't sue us. We're poor.